Welcome to the Direct Response Marketing Magic Podcast. Seth Green is a five-time best-selling author, speaker, and nationally recognized direct response marketing expert who is CEO of one of the fastest-growing direct response marketing firms in the country. To get free access to a download of his new book, Podcast Marketing Magic, and a free live training webinar that will show you how you can use a podcast to attract new customers and referrals like magic, simply register at www.ultimatemarketingmagician.com. On the podcast, Seth brings together some of the most cutting-edge thought leaders in the world to share with you how they grow their businesses and how you can too. And now, here's your host, Seth Green. marketing guy is my dad. First, he helps people with with marketing magic. Next, if you need marketing help, he will help you. Finally, if he is a marketer, my dad is the best. Welcome to the Direct Response Podcast. Today, I have the good fortune of interviewing Jim Hart of HawthorneLaw.net. Jim, thank you so much for joining us today. Thanks, Seth, for having me. I appreciate it. Our pleasure. Let's go back in time a little bit. Um, what inspired you to become an attorney? Oh, geez. Well, that was um, a long time ago, unfortunately. Uh, really, it was the idea that I wanted to have my own business. It wasn't. I, I'm not one of those people that wanted to be an attorney ever since I was a little kid. I um, I was working in an investment firm, and I knew I, I saw a ceiling on what I could do there and decided that uh, that was not what I wanted, and so I wanted to have my own business, and I thought, well, if I go to law school, at least I have a license, and I can do something that other people can't, and that would be a good way to start a business, and so that's what I did. And how did you go from that to this point in your career? Because obviously you've had an interesting journey. I have had an interesting journey. I've had a number of um, online businesses um, over the years. I... um, so back, I got licensed back in 2004, um, originally in Florida, and um, went to work for a firm, then went to the public defender's office and another firm, and eventually in 2005, I, I started my own law practice, um, worked mostly with family law clients um, through about 2009. My wife and I, we decided to move to North Carolina, where, where I am now, um, came to North Carolina, have been doing some family law and decided I was kind of getting burned out of that. And I should mention that that throughout the years, I've always followed um, many of the direct response marketers that I'm sure you're familiar with, Um, you know, like your your Dan Kennedy's and um, Joe Polish's and, and people like that. And so I had a pretty good familiarity with direct response marketing, um, and I started using that in my own law practice to build my family law practice. Um, and then I you know, started some internet uh, businesses, um, selling some e-commerce products and doing other things like that. And uh, ultimately got involved with several groups who um, started networking with other people that were doing that type of work. And they had a lot of legal questions for me. 
and so I started talking to them about you know how I could help them with uh, with their e-commerce businesses, and that has kind of um, morphed into what I have today, which is Hawthorne Law, which is where we help online businesses and online entrepreneurs to protect their brands, um, whether that be somebody who's selling on Amazon, who is looking to protect their brand from somebody trying to hijack their listing or um, you know, steal their actual brand, or online entrepreneurs that that have a brand online and they're trying to protect that as well. So that that's kind of what what I've um, my practice has morphed into now. And a fascinating journey. What do you wish you other than the switch? What do you wish you knew when you started that you know now? You know, I I, I think I probably wouldn't have wasted so much time doing family law, but I will say this, um, I. You know, when I started, I did enjoy doing that. But I think what I enjoyed was just the thought that I had my own business, which is what I always wanted. And I was practicing and things were good and we were making money and, you know, everything was happy. And I think at some point, and it really happened about 10 years into my legal career, I realized that I I wasn't necessarily happy with what I was doing. I wish if I could go back and talk to that person who started practicing, you know, way back when in 2004, I would have told them to to start doing something you enjoy. But the problem was I didn't know what I didn't know back then. And I didn't know what I would enjoy doing. And I didn't know how much I would enjoy working with online entrepreneurs. And obviously back in 2004, the online space is nowhere close to what it is today. So um, I don't know that I could go back and do what I'm doing now back then. But I do know that I could have started working with corporations and small business and, and entrepreneurs back then. And, and that's probably what I wish I would have known. I wish I would have known to start with a practice area that I knew I would enjoy way back then as opposed to doing something that was easy for me to make money doing, if that makes sense. It makes total sense. Um, what do you like best about your business now? Oh, it's, well, number one, I love my clients. I love the people I get to work with. Um, I work with people all over the country now. It's a federal practice area, so I don't have to limit myself to just working in North Carolina, which is, which is awesome. And, um, I just love everything about online business. I love, um, you know, creating the sales funnels and, and the marketing and um, and learning about this stuff. I mean, I'm a total geek for this stuff. I listen to all these podcasts and um, uh, read a ton of marketing books. And um, my library is huge. I don't even have a bookshelf big enough to fit all the books I've got. Um, so a lot of them are in boxes. Um, you know, it's just, um, uh, I just... And, and now I get to work with these people that are doing all this stuff too. It's like, you know, a dream come true for me. That is awesome. What are some of the biggest, most common mistakes you see clients making when trying to protect their business and their intellectual property? Oh, that's easy. They, they pick a name that they like because it sounds cool um, without doing a search to see if they're actually violating somebody else's trademark. So um, I have the good fortune of actually, I've, I've represented people on both sides of this issue. Um, what I mean by that is I have uh, one client that picked a name that I thought was going to be a problem and it ended up being a problem and she didn't figure that out until she'd gone through almost the entire trademark process with another law firm, I might add. It wasn't me. I would not have let her trademark the brand that she wanted to trademark. Um, and I've also been on another side of the issue where I have a client that recently hired me who is very early in the process and she was looking to trademark a name and we were realizing that there may be a problem with it, but because she hired me early on, she's able to actually save a lot of money because she's not going through this process of trying to trademark something that she can't. And then on the other side, I see people that that don't 
bother trademarking their name. They just start using a name and then they don't find out until they receive a cease and desist letter that they're actually running into problems. And I've seen that multiple times as well. And so I'd say the biggest, the biggest problem that I see from my clients is that they don't, they don't do the work up front to make sure they have the right name, um, a name that, that is a good trademarkable name that's not infringing on anyone else's intellectual property. That That's the biggest problem. And you have had an incredible amount of success. What do you attribute your success to? You know, I, I'm humble. Number one, I, I've had, I've had a good deal of success, but I, you know, I've got a long way to go. Um, but I would say it's just working hard. Um, I mean, you know, the hustling, um, you know, the Gary Vaynerchuk model, like you just don't stop. You just are always going, you're always trying to do something, you know, you're always, you know, I'm always working on the next blog post or the next podcast or the next video. And I mean, I already put a video up on YouTube this morning and, you know, um, uh, you know, it's just the hustle, the grind of doing stuff every single day to market your practice and build it, um, build it out and push it forward. You know, you can't get lackadaisical in this business. You always have to be, you know, checking things and, um, making sure your funnels are working the way they're supposed to and optimizing things. It's just, it's, it's a never ending, um, cycle of just working hard. And I'm hoping that there will come a time in the hopefully not too distant future where I can start to, you know, um, receive more passive income and, and step back a little bit. But, um, you know, at this point, I don't know when that'll be. (laughs) Okay. But it sounds like you're working hard to get there. I am working hard to get there. Yes. Okay. Now with all the success you have achieved, what is your biggest challenge? Uh, balancing the time between my practice and my family. Um, I mean, I haven't, Last weekend, not this past weekend, last weekend was Easter. So I took the weekend off to spend time with family and we went out to, um, you know, we went to a science museum with the kids. That was a whole day trip. Um, and, you know, I think we, we did some other things. We went to some parks and stuff. So I took, I took most of the weekend off. But I will tell you that since uh, January or so, um, I, I don't think I've taken um, a weekend off all year. Um, you know, between, except for, you know, when traveling, like I met you in San Diego and, um, you know, aside from that, but even that, that was tough because, you know, I live on the East coast. I'm not sure where you live, but I live on the East. I'm in Buffalo, New York. So I'm on the East coast as well. Yeah. So it's, it's, I mean, just traveling out to California, that's a, that's a full day trip out there. You finally get acclimated the time change and then you're coming back and then you're weirded out with the time change again. So it's, um, I mean, it's, uh, yeah, I haven't, I haven't taken any time really off since, uh, January, I would say. And, and so the work-life balance is a real big struggle for me. I understand. So I know obviously you probably have confidentiality policies in place to protect the identities of your clients. So let's make up a Mr. and Mrs. Jones or ABC Corp. Um, can you talk about examples of some great results you've been able to achieve for clients? Because I know you've got great, great, great case studies. Well, I would just say anytime, you know, I can help a client to pick a name that's going to work for them so they can build a brand and, um, and keep that, that brand from being infringed on by anyone else. I think that's a success story. I mean, that's the goal that I have. So, you know, my relationships with my clients, you know, I'm not like a personal injury attorney who says, okay, this person comes into me to see me and they have, uh, these, these, uh, 
you know, catastrophic injuries and they need help. And I just got a jury verdict for a million dollars. Like that's not what I do. My relationships with my clients are kind of ongoing. So it's strategic in, in a lot of, uh, a lot of respects, which means that they're constantly calling me and talking to me. And whenever they have a decision to make, they usually, I'm the first person they call to say, you know, is this a good decision or a bad decision? And I can walk them through the legal implications of it. Ultimately, it's their choice. It's their call. It's their business. But um, my goal is to to be there, to be their, you know, kind of outside general counsel that they can, they can lean on whenever they need assistance with that. And so I would say that's a success story for me is that I'm able to keep these people out of trouble. Um, a lot of times I consider myself a brake pedal in a lot of respects, because people want to do things. I'm like, well, let's just hold on and make sure this is, you know, going to work for you. And, um, and sometimes it does, and sometimes it doesn't. But as long as I'm there to provide counsel and advice and guidance, I think that that's uh, a true success story. I, I would agree with that. Now, you in the the area of law that you're working in, um, you've got um, some incredible services that you're providing. How does that work? I mean, because you're not a personal injury attorney where you're getting a percentage of the verdict um, or the settlement. How does the protecting your online business model for a law firm work? Well, what a lot of law firms do is they they take a retainer up front and then they bill hourly for that. Um, And I found that my clients don't like that. So I've switched up a little bit and I offer a mixture of uh, subscription-based billing with flat fees. So like, for example, I've got one guy that, you know, you know, you know, he's just getting to know me and he needs an attorney and needs some things done. And so he's probably going to pay me on a flat fee basis, you know, to do some things. And if I do a good job for him, then he'll switch to a subscription model. Other people just start with the subscription model right off the bat, which means they basically pay me a monthly fee. Um, they commit to a 12 month engagement because, um, most of the work I do is front end loaded, so I'm kind of spreading their legal fees off out over the course of a year. Um, but uh, it's so it's a, it's a monthly fee that they pay me based on the the projects that I'm working on for them and how much work we anticipate is going to need to be done for their business, and um, and they love that because it's a set monthly amount that just comes directly out of their credit card every single month and they don't have to worry about getting charged for an initial phone call or things like that so so that's kind of the way I work and then like I said of course there's some people that want to do just a flat fee one-off transaction which I do although I don't like doing it I like the the idea that the monthly subscription even though I don't make as much up front on the relationship um, it builds long-term equity with that client and builds a relationship with that client and um, and I become a trusted part of their team uh, going forward and hopefully that engagement lasts for many many years to come that's a great bit i mean i like the continuity business model not only for for our business but for as a prospective client of yours i like that idea a whole lot better um obviously because i've had um lawyers where it's funny i said hey can we jump on a call to talk to a client about x y and z and then i get a bill for 300 bucks and i'm like what was that for and they're like well i'm charging you because the smallest increment i do is an hour and that's what that is and i'm like oh well i didn't think you were charging me for that ahead of time if i had known i would have clustered a whole bunch of stuff together uh so that's right yeah i i like that a whole lot better um is there anything that drives you crazy about your business um 
you know, I, I, I have, I, I guess you could call it, um, if you, you're familiar with Chris Tucker, super, superhero syndrome, is that what it is? Um, so I have a hard time, um, you know, letting things go and, and, and delegating sometimes. Um, I, uh, I had to let a paralegal go, um, previously and I was in, actually in the process of trying to hire somebody else. Um, we had a death in the family in January, um, and so that whole process kind of came to a screeching halt. Um, that's one of the reasons I will mention that, that I've been working every single weekend because I also, I should add, was spending a lot of time out of the office traveling back and forth between North Carolina and Ohio to deal with, you know, um, issues related to the estate. But, um, so I, so I've had to, I've, I've, I've actually had to put in those hours or I wasn't going to get the stuff done I need to do for my clients, but. I will say it's it's delegating. So I'm actually now back in the process of trying to find somebody to work with me again. Um, and the, the idea of, of taking stuff off my desk and give it to somebody else is difficult, but it's something that I know I have to do if I want to grow. Understandable. Um, with all that's constantly changing in the world of, I mean, if you're helping people protect um, their online business or their business online, um, you've got to stay on top of the trends that are affecting them as well as the legal trends. How do you balance all of that? Um, well, you know, that should, well, number one, we have to do 12 hours of CLE every year, um, here in North Carolina, which means I'm constantly, you know, I, I've, I've already taken like six hours of CLE this year so far. Um, and that keeps me on top of what's going on legally. In addition, I write blog posts all the time. I write, you know, usually twice a week. Now, I don't do your typical blog post, three, four hundred words. When I do a blog post, it's usually between two and three thousand words. Oh my so, um, yeah, but I but those get the best traction and they get shared the most, and people like those the most, and it keeps people on your website. So that's why I do that. And um, so I usually do, like I said, one to two of those a week, um, and it's always about something related to um, legal issues. Um, I try and make it simple uh for for online entrepreneurs so they can understand i'm not talking in legal language per se um but uh but i would say between that and the cle's and just constantly providing information and teaching people that's how i stay on top of the legal issues um you know it's just uh uh, the, the more you teach, the more you, I mean, what is it? What, somebody, I think teacher John, learns more than the student. Yeah. Yeah. And John Lee Dumas, I think says something like, you know, learn something and then digest it and then teach it. And that's how you become a master. And that's, I mean, that's what I do. So I, it's not just a matter of doing this stuff every day in my business. I'm actually trying to teach this to other people. And I'm actually in the process of putting together an online course for online entrepreneurs right now that, um, that I'm hoping that will go live here in June or July. And so again, I'm teaching more information to people so that, um, you know, and that just helps me learn more and fine tune my craft. Absolutely. That makes a lot of sense. I know that you are a voracious learner. What are three of the best books you've ever read that have had the most impact on your work? Um, I'd say the first one, one that's had a huge impact on me, and I'm just going to go ahead and say that's two right now, is um, The Purple Cow and Permission Marketing, both by Seth Godin. So I'll kind of class those into one. I like both of those because, well, number one, I like all of Seth's books. Um, but uh, but Purple Cow especially because it teaches you to be something different than what the rest of the market is, which is what I'm trying to do with Hawthorne Law, be different than the way the other 
law firms in this space work, you know, not doing things by the billable hour, um, you know, offering this subscription-based service, which which I don't know of any other law firms that do that. I'm sure there are some out there that do, but I don't know of any. Um, and then the permission-based marketing goes in line with that because, you know, you want to give something of value and get people to, you know, raise their hand and say they want to talk to you. Um, that's number one. The numbers, the second book I would use would be um, The One Thing by Gary Keller. Um, I love that book. It's a it's a it's a book that really teaches you how to um, push forward to that one thing that you want in your life. And um, you know, for me, that's a freedom based business. I want to have a law firm that's working for me. Um, I'm 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 a lawyer that wants to build a business that that I can step away from at some point. I'm not looking to build a practice where I'm the one in there every single day. If that was what I was doing, it would be you know the law office of James W. Hart. But that's not what I want. That's why it's called Hawthorne Law, because I want people that come to us to understand that they're they're hiring Hawthorne Law. They're not necessarily hiring me as their lawyer. Now, right now, they're hiring me as their lawyer. Um, but as I grow and build the firm, you know, I anticipate having more staff and more attorneys working for me. Um, so it'll become more of a business. And then the third thing I would say uh, kind of goes in line with that too is The E-Myth by Michael Gerber. Um, I'm sure people have mentioned that book before, but that's that's that book really changed my whole perspective on how I was building my law practice and started working on your business as opposed to in your business. And so um, I guess those are the, the three slash four books that I would I would recommend to your listeners. And who is an ideal client for you? Um, an online entrepreneur who, whether they're just getting started or already established, who is um, looking to build a brand online and looking to build a name for themselves, and they want to protect that brand and make sure that uh, nobody is infringing on their rights. And what is the first step you would want them to take or what offer would you want to make to our audience? Um, they can go to my website and there is a... Um, you can. It's it's not hard to find. Um, it's there's a sidebar on the right. I think there's a pop up box. There might be a link at the top. Um, and basically, you can download my legal um, business building legal checklist. Um, and it's uh, six or seven pages of different things that people need to do um, when they're starting their business or starting an online business, and to protect their brand and to protect their business and to get all their legal stuff in order, basically, um, you know, they can read through that. And then, and then there's a contact form on my website. If they needed to actually talk to me or schedule a call, they can just go to the contact form and, um, and then let me know that, that, uh, they heard about me from you and, uh, I'd be happy to talk to them and offer a, a free 15, 20 minute consultation strategy session to talk about whatever it is they're looking to do. Okay. I uh, greatly appreciate it. Anything uh, you want to share that I should have asked you that I didn't? No, you covered actually quite a bit in a in a condensed format. You uh you got a lot of information in there, so um, I appreciate that. That was uh that was fantastic. Well, thank you very much. Thanks everybody for listening. We will talk to you next time. This has been Seth Green with Jim Hart. Uh, we greatly appreciate your time, Jim. Thanks so much, Seth. Have a great day. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.